the teaching of it, the exercise of it, the application of it, the receiving, the giving of forgiveness is a biblical doctrine. There is there is no way a, a Christian, a spiritual Christian can get away from that issue. Yeah. You cannot skirt the issue. You cannot get away. You cannot. I cannot say, well, I'm a, I'm spirit filled. I'm a Christian. I love God and hold bitterness in my heart. I know that's a hard saying, but I can't because the very, the very foundation of my relationship with Jesus Christ is based on him forgiving me of my sins. And if he lives in me, then I can forgive you of your sins against me. I can Welcome everyone. Today we have Dr. Vonnie Marshall back on the podcast. Along with being a cognitive therapist with a doctorate in counseling and a master's in psychology, she is an evangelist and missionary with a passion to help people. If you missed the episode we did with her on how to be mentally healthy, you need to check that one out. I will link all previous episodes with her in the show notes. This is part one of a two-part discussion on forgiveness. In this episode, Dr. Marshall talks about what true forgiveness is, why it is so necessary for the Christian to forgive, how Jesus and the apostles dealt with wrongdoings, and much more. Dr. Vonnie Marshall offers a number of courses online for counseling and psychology. If you'd like to dive deeper on these subjects and learn skills to help others, you can find them at pathwayusa.info. That is pathwayusa.info. Last week, we announced our partnership with Fountain, which is an apostolic entertainment app. And so beginning with this episode, you will find all future episodes of the podcast on Fountain. It's a great platform, and I encourage you all to check it out. In the coming weeks, we will start providing additional content that will only be available for Fountain subscribers. And I want to highlight that that is additional content. So what you have been used to will remain the same. So I encourage you all to check out Fountain for yourselves. You can do that by following the link in the show notes. They offer a free seven-day trial for all new subscribers. So you can check out the platform and see all the great shows and programs that they offer. Now let's get to the conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us again, Dr. Marshall. Well, thank you, Greg. My goodness, Hacker Podcast is making waves with different (laughs) kinds of speakers, different topics. Bless me. Yeah, it's been amazing. Last week, uh, we posted one of the reels from our last conversation we had together, episode 118. And I remember I commented to you later that I remember live when we were recording it, that it was just, it was powerful. And uh, I was like, man, this is, this is really good. And then when I went to put the reels together, um, the segment that you're talking about forgiveness was just a little bit too long. It was about like maybe three to four minutes to really get to a bit of what you're getting at. Um, But then I was flying back from Indonesia on Monday, uh, last Monday. And I just had another look at it. I was like, oh, maybe we can put something together here because it's, it's so good and it would really minister to people. And uh, we posted that and <laughs> over 2 million views later, uh, it's still going. It's incredible. There's hundreds of people reaching out about how it's impacting them. It's been shared around the world. Uh, I 
I was at our small group last night and one of the ladies at our small group, she had shared it on her Facebook. But when she was on Instagram, she saw that one of her friends had shared it on their Instagram in their story, who is com- who lives in New Zealand, is completely disconnected from us. So uh, it's just, it's around the world. So it, it's really cool seeing what God is doing through that. You know, um, I, I've learned something from that just that short or that real uh, is that people don't want to shoulder pain from the past anymore. Mm. I, I've learned that, well, people don't want to, and they want to be released from bitterness. They, they just mm. want to be released from resentment and bitterness. And I've learned that uh, they, they don't want to be left in the dark about hurts that they have been kept. You know, um, Greg, I know you have, but I have received private messages uh, on Instagram as well as uh, comments from the shorts themselves on how much that reel uh, has helped them and also on how much they're carrying. Some of them have openly said, Mm. well, I'm not even sure whether I can forgive or I can let it go. And it has become a standalone Mm. from that. You know, because it was not on when I did that it was not on forgiveness. It was actually on uh, bonding, yeah, on uh, was... making life healthy choices. Yes, but then um, people have just logged on to that bit and said, "Okay, no, I need, I need to be free." You yeah. know, and, and the interesting thing I, is, I, we had talked about like a month ago. We were organizing uh, another session for us to get together, and you said over a month ago, you said, I want to talk about the poison of unforgiveness. And yes. then uh, I just saw that, that it just, I don't know, it had to be a God thing because I'm, I'm traveling, you know, we, I've already posted a number of reels from that video. Uh, and right. episode 118, I told you, is, is probably my favorite out of all the ones we've done together. The mental right. mental health one was really good, but that right. one I just thought was, was very powerful. And, um, and so I keep going back to it. I was like, I want more people to watch this episode. So I shared that reel, and and then it was right in line with what we're going to be talking about here today. It was it was almost like a God thing, that this was like a, a on-ramp to this conversation that we're going to be talking about with unforgiveness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, uh, well, here we are, and we're starting this. It's two parts on, on the poison of unforgiveness uh, well, what I'd like to cover is uh, what is unforgiveness, what it is not. Some people want to understand, uh, have I forgiven this person yet? You know, even in counseling, I've had somebody just recently asked me, I thought I'd forgiven this person. Have I really forgiven them yet? And there is, uh, there are, it's almost like a checklist. I'm going to put forward a checklist on whether we are forgiven or not. I, I've been in a position where I've asked myself, God, have I have I forgiven this person? And the Lord provided me a checklist of things which are, you know, and uh, it was it's an eye opener because you find out, no, wait a minute, I haven't or, mm. or, or, or yeah, I have. And that releases you from, mm. you know, even that area, the doubt, the self-doubt of whether you're forgiven or not. Yeah. And so did you want to go ahead and uh, get us started on what we're going to be talking today, t- talking about today, introducing the topic and so on? Yes. the I remember in the uh, 
in the making healthy changes where I introduced unforgiveness or the, the concept of forgiveness, the scripture that I used was Philippians 3.13, and that was, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are in front of me. I, I remember that scripture. And so I'm going to use that as a almost like I think it flows uh, mm -hmm. because there, there are several scriptures on the concept or the, the doctrine of forgiveness in the Bible. There's several scriptures. I feel to use this because what Paul is saying in Philippians 3.13 is that I'm not going to be able to move forward unless I leave things which are behind. I'm not going to be able to run this race if I have a ball and chain um, lodged onto me and that is going to hinder uh, me from running this race. I need to reach forth unto those things which are in front of me. How? I need to forget those things which are behind. Mm. And so having said that, um, I want to delve straight into the poison of unforgiveness. The poison of unforgiveness is attached to bitterness and blame. Two things, bitterness and blame. And, and people who are unable to face the anger and confront issues, uh, and, and confront um, embittered issues, people allow an unforgiving attitude to cause stress within their own souls. And that become, that is the poison, destroying the heart and mind. Forgiveness is one of the most difficult issues to tackle in one's heart. And, and let me tell you why. It is one of the most difficult issues to tackle because the, uh, the afflicted person, the person that is offended, the person that is, uh, has the unforgiveness, the bitterness in their heart, they really believe they have every reason to hate the offender. Mm. The, the person that is the victim believes with all of their heart they have every reason to hate the offender well okay let's talk about uh there's there's this one uh young woman that i counseled several years ago she was multi she was molested multiple times by the offender now you would think that she has every reason to hate the offender in my opinion actually yes she has every reason mm. to loathe the offender for what she is. Now we're not talking about we're not talking about a bad game of tennis. We're not talking about you know uh, losing uh, 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 you know I don't know a chess game. Well, we're not talking about just a mild offense. We're talking about something as serious as sexual abuse or physical abuse or mental abuse. How do, how do you tell the person that is a victim, the, abu the abused person, well, whatever it is, you've got to forgive. It is extremely difficult mm. because the person that's been offended is thinking, wait a minute, you're saying I don't have a reason to hate the offender. Actually, forgiveness is not about that. It's, it's not about excusing what the offender has done. Forgiveness is not um, the, the person that's been abused sexually, emotionally, physically, or, um, excusing them or saying, you know what, let's, uh, I, I will agree to disagree or, or, or as I said the last time, calling a truce. No, forgiveness is you, 
utilizing the grace that God has given me. I have offended God for years and years and years before I became a believer. I offended God. Mm. But God showed me the grace to forgive me. And if I am any kind of believer, if I am at any level of belief, if I have God in me, that means I have the potential to show grace to my offender, no matter what the offense. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. But eventually, if you can get help to forgive, you will forgive. It is not a matter of I cannot forgive. It is more a matter of I will not forgive now. I won't forgive now. Oh, that's okay. So in counseling, people have come to me and say, I can't forgive. That's all right. Let me help you through the steps of being able to forgive. You know, um, when, when, when someone does something to hurt you in a very deep way, um, the person that is hurt will experience regret, anger, offense and all of that these emotions and i need to i need to put this out there greg these emotions of regret and anger and hurt are not wrong these emotions are not wrong a lot of people uh carry condemnation and guilt because they think that well uh i have been hurt and so but but i and i'm experiencing regret and anger and they are wrong once you get into the wrong part of it you carry condemnation and that in itself stops you from finding a solution towards forgiveness condemnation makes a person run away from god not run toward god conviction right. conviction causes you to run toward god condemnation makes you reject god and run away from God because condemnation is such a heavy emotion that you don't want to connect with God. So, so when, when you experience regret and anger and, and sadness as a result of the offense, you must know that these emotions are normal human emotions. They're not wrong. And, and they are, no, they are a normal response to an offense. How does it become wrong? It becomes wrong, not by you experiencing it, but when you continue to hold it and refuse to forgive someone, number one, someone who has sought your forgiveness, or someone whose actions show deep remorse and repentance, by refusing to forgive such a person, um, yeah, it's true, by refusing to forgive such a person, you may experience a momentary lack of satisfaction, uh, born out of that revenge, born out of feeling that, you know, uh, you're one up. I'm one up on the offender. By refusing to forgive you, I'm one up. You may experience a momentary taste of satisfaction. But the truth is that person who refuses to forgive is stuck. Now, what about the person that does not seek your forgiveness? It is very hard, extremely hard to forgive somebody who continues to offend you, continues to hurt you, continues to abuse you. Um, but in the end, we need enough of God in us to be able to continue to forgive. So what if he continues to offend? You continue to forgive, not immediately, but you continue to reach for solutions to forgive. And that, that kind of ties a little bit, not to derail it a bit, but that ties a little bit into uh, your episodes where you talk to us about boundaries. You know, if you're in a situation where... Uh, a relationship where someone is continuing to forgive, if you have the ability to, you start creating those boundaries 
and um, separate yourself. You said for, for a time you could separate yourself from that person. You know, uh, you're so right. It, it it does create, you know, and we, we've talked about boundaries in, on other podcasts, and I encourage the listeners to go listen to podcasts on boundaries and codependency if they, if they get a chance. But, you know, uh, yes, I do recommend that if it is extremely difficult to forgive, you separate yourself from the situation, the, you, the, the, the offender, and you exercise that forgiveness in time. I never force anyone to forgive in five minutes or in 24 hours. I take them through a journey. Uh, forgiveness is a journey because, because we are human. And so uh, certain steps are required. Now, uh, talking about boundaries, let me just segue here. In certain situations, I would recommend that even after you have successfully forgiven a particular offender, abuser, a person that has uh, offended you, that doesn't mean hanging out with that person afterwards. That doesn't mean that they become your best friend or you even trust them. Forgiveness does not mean you trust the person you've forgiven. It doesn't mean you hang out with the person you've forgiven. It doesn't mean that the person you've forgiven has become your best friend. No, because certain people, I'm not talking about in every situation, but in certain situations, the person you've forgiven remains unsafe. The person you have forgiven remains um a person that will continue to hurt you, a, a person that you cannot trust. I mean, I might forgive the thief that has broken into my house and that has taken my belongings and, and I might, I will forgive him, but I'm not going to give him the keys to my house to, to house sit for me. I, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to, I mean, he might even have changed. That thief might have come to me and said, I've changed. I'm a new person. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm no longer going around stealing and breaking into people's homes. I, I've got a job. Can I house it for you? I'm not sure whether I will give him the keys to my house to house it. Now, have I forgiven him? Yes. Will I support him in his recovery? Yes. I might even buy a meal or cook a meal for him, but I'm not going to allow him access into my life because that would depend on how safe that person has become. Some people that we have forgiven remain unsafe. Mm. Forgiveness, my forgiving a person that has hurt me doesn't mean automatically that that person has become safe. I have been released from the poison of bitterness and blame and resentment. That doesn't mean that they have been delivered from being unsafe. Yeah. Is two separate, two separate yeah. issues altogether. I saw, I saw this a couple of times in, in the comments on that, on that reel. I saw it this morning and it was saying, you know, uh, cause in that you talk about how, um, you know, you forgive them, but that doesn't mean that God's forgiven them. And until they've come to a place of repentance, he's not going to forgive it or forget it. And, you know, I've seen a number of people posting on there and saying, you know, God forgives, you know, if you, and it's like, yeah, I, we know God forgives, but that person, the per, the offender, the unsafe person, they have to come to a place of repentance for themselves as well. They, you know, God doesn't just forgive them because you forgive them, um, but they I, have sinned against I mean, God, not just you. Exactly. Which is why, if you remember in um, the, the reel or the short on, on, on Hacker and on Instagram, um, I, I had said this, and I think that resonated with people. It resonated with me because, because I'm thinking, well, if I forgive somebody, 
Does that mean God forgives them? And the, it, it is the Lord that actually revealed it to me. No, no, no. He said, my forgiveness of them depends on whether they come to me. Mm-hmm. That's a separate issue. My forgiving the abuser, the one that has offended me, the one that has hurt me, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, is, is a separate issue. I have to release their debt. I have to release their trespass against me. But they still have. They still have one more issue. They have one more step. And that is the abuser, the person that has offended you, the, 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 the person that has caused the hurt, caused the bitterness, has to go to God and they have to repent. That is a separate mm-hmm. issue. My forgiveness of the offender does not take care of God's forgiveness of the offender. My forgiveness of the offender covers my part, covers my release, my freedom. But we've got one more huge issue to cover, and that is their repentance. Mm. When, When I forgive them, that is because I want to be free of bitterness, blame, and resentment. When they go to God, they become free of whatever that is holding them back. One is about my freedom. And the other, the repentance, is about their freedom. Right. Two separate areas altogether. You know, releasing a debt, my releasing a debt owed to me has the power to heal me. And and this is what I want to get across in um, part one and part two of of, uh, the podcast on uh, the poison of unforgiveness is releasing the debt literally has the power to heal my wounded heart. And not just the power to heal my heart with regards to the offense. It has the power to heal my heart on multiple areas. It has the power to heal anxiety. There are a lot of people that have anxiety. They feel hedged in. They feel a the darkness of depression and they don't know why. Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I depressed? Uh, what is this that I'm feeling? Why is it I don't feel total freedom? Check. Check. Go back into your, into your life. Check whether there is any unfinished business. Check whether there, are, there is bitterness, resentment, and blame. I'm not saying that this is the case with everyone, but many people that I've spoken to in the course of counseling, in the course of just knowing people, I, I have found that many times uh, the reason for the anxiety, the depression, the fear, the stress, sleeplessness is because they are carrying bitterness, blame, and mm. uh, the desire for retribution. Retribution cannot heal you. Retribution will not heal you. Retribution may trick you into thinking that you have a momentary a taste of satisfaction born on, well, they got me. I'm going to get them. It, it is a momentary taste of satisfaction, if, if, if that, but it doesn't heal you in the long run. It actually gets you even stuck. Forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness is hard. Loss of love, divorce, when somebody you've loved and, 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 and poured into and invested into, whether it's a son or daughter, a spouse, a wife, a husband, you have poured into them and they walk out of, they walk out on you, they leave you. Loss of love, divorce, loss of dreams. It is tormenting to, to try to forgive them. It is very hard, but I'm telling you the only way the person that has lost that love, lost that dream, lost that relationship, lost that marriage is to release that debt and move on. Mm. 
God, it, it, is, it is an apostolic doctrine. Forgiveness, as far as I'm concerned, of course, we have, uh, we have several wonderful, wonderful doctrinal, uh, you know, apostolic doctrinal uh, areas uh, that, we, that we believe in. But let me tell you, forgiveness is a biblical doctrine. The teaching of it, the exercise of it, the application of it, the receiving, the giving of forgiveness is a biblical doctrine. There is, there is no way a, a Christian, a spiritual Christian can get away from that issue. Yeah. yeah. You cannot skirt the issue. You cannot get away. You cannot, I cannot say, well, I'm, I'm spirit-filled. I'm a Christian. I love God and hold bitterness in my heart. I know that's a hard saying, but I can't. Because the very, the very foundation of my relationship with Jesus Christ is based on him forgiving me of my sins. And if he lives in me, then I can forgive you of your sins against mm. me. I can. I may not want to, but I can. Yeah. So the, the issue is I don't want to. The issue is not. I cannot. Because then then if I say I cannot, I make God a liar. He said I can do all things. He said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I say I cannot forgive, I've just made that statement a lie. Yeah, we like to use that when it comes to conquering or uh, advancing in the kingdom. I can do all things, uh, but... Uh, we don't normally apply that to forgiveness. And, and even, you know, Jesus himself said, and he gave an entire parable where he talked about the importance of if you receive forgiveness, you have to offer forgiveness. And, and we were talking about this last night in our small group. We are talking about the Lord's Prayer. He said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So if we're going to have our debts forgiven by God, it is his commandment. Unfortunately, we can't get around that. That's something that he put into place. It's not something that we've created as a church. Greg, uh, thank you for saying those words. We cannot get around it. We can't. We, we, um, I'm not saying that a lot of us try to get around it, but sometimes we shelve the issue. We, we bury it under the carpet. Oh, God has forgiven me of this, and God is a praise God. God has forgiven me. I'm so thankful that God has forgiven me, Vani, of I don't know what. He's forgiven me of all kinds of stuff. I hope he never reminds me of what he's forgiven me with because it's, it'll be awful. But if I refuse to forgive someone else, then I am saying that, um, his teaching on, you know, forgive others as I have forgiven you, you know, as, as the, as God has forgiven you, you need to forgive. I am, I'm saying that that is, uh, an empty, uh, phrase or, or it's defunct. So, so to speak, mm. you don't blame. Blame works in the same way as bitterness. It causes a cycle of pain and sorrow. But this, this, this is, um, this is so important to me, what I'm going to say now. Uh, the scripture says, he who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. One of the reasons why blame and bitterness get stuck in our heart and we find it harder and harder as the years go by to forgive a person is because we keep talking about what they did to us all the time. Now, am I saying don't talk to a counselor about it? Well, no, I mean, 
I mean, you've got to talk to someone about it. Talk to a counselor, talk to your pastor, talk to Talk to a counselor or pastor or a safe person who will help you with it, not just talk about it so that they will affirm your stand. Don't mm. talk to someone that will affirm your, your stand and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, if I were you, I'd never let him go. If I were you, I would keep that. You know, that person deserves, you know, uh, bad things in his life. And there are people that will feed into Feed your blame, feed your bitterness. Don't talk to people that are going to feed your blame, feed your resentment, feed your bitterness, feed that stronghold. And there are a lot of people like that. You don't need friends like that. I don't need friends like that. If I have somebody that 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 has hurt me, and Greg, there have been people that have hurt me and have offended me, and I've had unforgiveness in my heart. Let me just put it out there on Hacker Podcast. I have had unforgiveness in my heart. And I have had to go to some safe people, a pastor, a religious, a, a, a Christian leader, somebody I look up to, my mentor. I have had to go to them and say, help me because I wanted help. And when they told me and when they shared with me what I needed to do, I had to do it because not doing it was worse than doing it. Not forgiving is a thousand times worse than forgiving. But you know what? What some people do is in order to somehow, I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it is they feel better if they keep talking about how bad they've been treated. I'm not, again, not to a counselor, uh, not to a pastor. That's fine because you want to get help. But they talk about it every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every, every uh, uh, gathering, every reunion. They want to talk about how bad they've been treated. Let me tell you something. I understand the desire for you to uh, continue to talk about something because you think that if I talk about it, I'll get relief. Actually, what happens is you're not seeking love. If you talk about a person, the person that has hurt you, you are separating friends. He who repeats a matter separates friends. He who covers a transgression, that doesn't mean that you cover the sin against you. That means don't, what it really means is don't continue to have conversations that are unhealthy about it to everybody you meet. Because it keeps the matter alive in front of you. It keeps it alive. It keeps it going. It keeps your mind over and over again going over that offense. The offense get lo gets larger and larger. Do you know that every time the story is told, the offense gets larger and larger? And the person who's telling the story, the person that is offended, the, the person that's hurt, is never able to find true rest, true peace. Never able to find true peace, true, true rest. And deal with the reality of the situation because you're busy talking about it. And every time you talk about it, there might be a, even a tendency to exaggerate it a little bit more. To because you know the thing is, and I'm not saying I'm not saying everybody does that. I'm saying that you know uh, there are some that would say, well, you know, well, you know, he did that. And and sometimes we want people on our side. The re I think the reason why we tend to repeat a matter to everybody is because we want people to validate our offense. My friends, don't seek to validate your offense. Seek to release your offense. 
Seek to let your offense go. Seek to, to, to give it up to God's justice. Like I said, give it to God's justice. Give it to God to handle it. God is more than capable of handling any hurt and any offense that has been perpetrated against his children. If I'm a child of God, Greg, you're a child of God. And the listeners, li listeners, you know, you're, you're children of God. God is more than capable of fighting your corner. God is more than able to take vengeance on those that have hurt you. You are not able to do it as well as God is. You, you will only get into a bind. Yeah, but there's a, there's a fine line there, and, and you've already explained it a few times, but I just wanted to make sure that um, people don't take it wrong, because, I, again, I did see this online, and it's a short little clip, so that's, that's why they, they do take it. Um, but, uh, what you're saying is vengeance is mine. I will repay says the Lord. Right. But that doesn't mean that you seek God's vengeance for that person. Is that right? No. I just wanted you to be able uh, to clarify that. Yes. I will clarify that. When I say God is the best person to, to avenge his children, the best person to expose the wrong and expose everything and, and make sure that that your hurt is not gone unnoticed. I do not mean that you in your heart are saying, well, God, get him. Mm. You know, sick it to him. No, 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 no. You, as a Christian, I'm not seeking for God to even punish the person or God to, to um, uh, take vengeance on the person that has hurt me. That's not me. I'm just stating a fact that, God is better able to deal with the situation and expose the perpetrator and expose the person that has hurt you than you are. Don't take on God's responsibility. Don't take on God's role. But you are not, you are not to seek God. You're, you're not to ask God, God, take revenge on them, punish them. You know, uh, 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 do whatever horrible stuff that you can do to them. That's not what I mean. And yes, I've seen yeah. those. Uh, questions, in fact, to me and comments to me, uh, co comments on uh, the last thing, the last uh, short on, you know, does that mean that you're asking? God? No, not at all. I, I am want, this is what forgive, this is what I want. I want forgiveness to release me from carrying yeah. bitterness and blame. There's a whole life ahead of me. I have things to do wonderful people to relate to. I have wonderful things to do, beautiful places to go to. I have a life to lead. I don't need a ball and chain. I don't need a weight to drag me down. And unforgiveness is that weight that will drag you down and keep you down. So what I need to do is to move forward. And the only way I can move forward is to release the person's debt, not excuse them, not, uh, you know, close my eyes and say that, well, they didn't do anything wrong or it's okay what they did. Even if it was wrong, it's okay. It's not okay. But I am releasing the debt that they owe to me to the point where I will not seek their destruction. So if forgiveness is where I don't seek their destruction, why would I want God to seek their destruction? Mm. I don't want to seek their destruction. So I don't want God to even destroy them. But I want God to be, God will deal with them however he wants. I'm not going to dictate to God how to deal with them. But when I, when I talk about 
the scripture that says God is my vengeance. That's the scripture I'm referring to. God is my vengeance, meaning God is going to make sure that what is done in darkness comes out in light. God's going to protect me. And God even, God loves even the person that has offended me. God loves that person enough to lead them to light. Hmm. God loves that person that has offended me, the person that has abused me, the person that has hurt me. God loves them even enough to lead them to light, to lead them to repentance. I need to leave that to God. I cannot be in charge of leading anybody. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. I cannot be in charge of changing somebody. I cannot change anyone. I can let them know about the grace of God and tell them about the gospel of God. I cannot change somebody. Only God can if the person wants to be changed. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I think it's important. And, and of course, uh, you highlighted that all before you even talked about releasing it to God's justice is that, you know, you're not seeking their harm. You're not seeking the hurt. You're releasing no. this to God. But... We also need to remember, and and uh, I've learned not to comment back on on, so, on my social media, but we also need to realize that God is not just a God of grace. He's not just a God of love, but He is a God of justice. And, you know, for example, um, those who experienced the um, Holocaust and the experience that took place there, and, and for the most part, those uh, war criminals uh, died unrepentant. Some of them died in old age. They were out in hiding in Argentina and different places around the world. Um, they never really faced justice in this life, but there is a justice that is going to take place uh, when they stand before God. And it's not that as a Christian you're saying, get him, God, get him, God, but it's that's a reality of life. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will all experience God's justice and one because way or another. God, and because, Greg, you're so right. Because God is just, He's loving, he's loving, he's full of grace. He's also just and full of truth. Because he's a God of love and a God of justice, he doesn't need little old me telling him how to how to uh, apply that justice. He doesn't meet, need me or need anybody to tell him, like using your, your phrase, get him God, get him God. Because God was going to turn around and tell me, please don't tell me to get anybody or I know I know who to, I know how to, uh, meet out that justice with love and truth. Because don't forget, I don't only love you who have been abused. I also love, and you may not like to hear this, but I also love the abuser. I created you. You've been abused. You've been hurt. You've been harmed. But I also created the one that has committed the harm, committed the abuse. I love all of my children. I love all who I've created. I know how to bring them to justice. I know how to bring them to repentance. You don't have to worry about get them, God, get them, God. And I remember, you know, I think the apostle, uh, one of the apostles asked Jesus, you know, hey, I, you know, what are you going to do with this person? You know, what are you going to do with, you know, and, and the Lord is like, it's not up to you. Don't worry about what I'm going to do. And you, you just worry about what you're going to do while you're on this planet. Don't worry about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to meet out justice. But by saying that, again, I want to say this, Greg. Jesus did not ignore the reality of, of, of a transgression. For example, 
Um, yes, I, 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 I don't want to go into the area of get them God, you know, you know, God, you know, just make their life miserable because they hurt me. I'm your child. So why don't you hurt them? I should never go into that area that actually takes away from, uh, Christian grace. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And, uh, in fact, it is wrong to do that. It is wrong to even pray prayers like, you know, uh, punish this person or punish that person. What we need to pray is God, let them come to repentance. Let them, let them come to the knowledge of the gospel and repentance and, and give their lives to you so they may be saved and will glorify you too. Saul, Saul, uh, I'm talking about, you know, uh, before he became Paul, killed good Christians. He, he made a lot of Christian widows. He caused, he caused the death of a lot of Christians and threw them into dungeons where there were many Christian widows because of Saul. A lot of Christians would have said, you know what, God, you better get them. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I would have. If I lived in, you know, in, in Israel at that time and I heard about this man and, and he had thrown my husband in the dungeon, I'd have said, God, get him, God. Come on. You know, I'm a, I, I don't forgive him. But then you know what? What happened to Saul? What happened to this, this horrible anti-Christian person that threw Christians into the dungeon and uh, was so hateful that I wouldn't blame any Christian for wanting his demise? What happened to him? God had his method of justice. He said, I'm going to knock him off and show you that this person who was almost like a, if you, if you like, a, a terrorist, to Christians those days, he brought him to the knowledge of the gospel. And Saul became the greatest apostle. Mm. So if I am wanting the demise or the punishment of those that have hurt me, I may be blocking somebody from becoming a Paul. I may be a hindrance to that. And so... Uh, never, never pray for vengeance or revenge. Remember, God is a God of justice and a God of love. He knows what to do. He knows his job. I don't have to tell God how to do his job. <laughs> I don't. But then remember, uh, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, remember that story, and, and you know, they came and threw her at his feet. They were going to stone her. And, uh, and Jesus says, w w woman, where are your accusers? Has no one here condemned you? She looks around. She says, no one, Lord. Uh, you know, and he says, what? Well, I don't condemn you either. Listen, the thing is, Jesus, as God in the flesh, had every right. He's the only one that could have hurled that stone at her. He was the only one that had the right to stone her. Not all those that had the stone in their hand, only Jesus, but the one that had the right laid down that that right so to speak and said i don't condemn you either i can't i'm god in the flesh these others here they're just human they don't have the right i have the right to condemn you i won't but i am going to instead not excuse you i'm not going to call a truce i'm not going to say you do what you do and i'll do what i want and whatever no you live in another zip code. I, I'll just ignore you. You ignore me. Hopefully we won't bump into each other and bring up all these memories of the past offense. What I'm going to do is I'm going to actually call you out by saying, don't do it again. You have sinned. 
You sinned against me. You sinned against God. You sinned against his holy word. But I'm going to not punish you. Instead, I'm going to cancel your debt. I'm going to look at the debt squarely in the face. And that is the entire essence of how we need to give forgiveness or to mete out forgiveness to those that have offended us. That story in John chapter 8 and 11. Mm. We don't ignore the reality of the woman's transgression. We acknowledge, yes, you did hurt me. You did say words against me last week, you know, at the parking lot, or you, you, you did, you did divorce me. You did offend me. You did hurt the kids. You did uh, sin against me and it hurt. But you know what I'm going to do? As I acknowledge that you have done wrong against me, I am going to cancel your debt. You owe me. There is a debt. You owe that debt against me. I'm not talking about what you owe God. That's a separate matter. I'm talking about me. You've hurt me. You owe me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cancel the debt. I'm going to cancel it by saying, even though you did do wrong, I'm not going to seek revenge against you. I'm not going to seek your harm or hurt. I'm not going to talk about you. I'm not going to trash you. I'm not going to try to ruin your reputation. I'm going to cancel your That's how I'm going to cancel your debt. I'm going to, I'm not going to seek your harm. You sought my harm. You harmed me. I'm not going to seek your harm because I'm not you. You and I were different. I'm not you. Am I excusing what you did? No, no. What you did was inexcusable. If you hurt me and you harmed me, you harmed my reputation, you harmed my family, you, 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 you did try to destroy my whole life. That is, that's inexcusable. But this forgiveness is not excusing. Am I laying, am I calling a truce or closing my eyes and ignoring what you did? No, I'm calling you out on what you did. What you did was wrong. It was wrong against me and you definitely sinned against God as well. What I'm going to do is I'm not going to seek to destroy you the way you tried. To destroy me. That is the essence of forgiveness. When someone sins, Greg, we go against God's holy ordinances and God's word. When we sin, we go against God. We do. Right. Whether we sin in, you know, accidentally or deliberately or unknowingly, whatever it is, I'm sorry, this might hurt to hear it, but we go against God when we sin. But you know what God does? God doesn't seek our destruction. God seeks our redemption. Yep. And that is the essence of forgiveness is, am I seeking, Greg, if you, if I, you will never hurt me. You and Stephanie love me. <laughs> but you know what? If you if you did, Greg, if, if say one day you did something, you said something uh, to, to hurt me. At the bottom of it all, I need to seek your redemption. Everything mm. I do must be redemptive. Everything I say, everything I do, everything I think must be redemptive. Is it redeeming you? Is it redeeming somebody? You might say, the listener might say, uh, or those that watching this podcast might say, why do I have to redeem redeem a person that has hurt me, that has tried to destroy me? I don't care. 
Because God is in the business of redemption. And if you are any part of God, if you are a part of the family of God, if you have just a little bit of God in you, then you have to be involved in the business of redemption. The apostles, when they heard Saul uh, on his way to Damascus met Jesus, and now he was a Christian, the apostles were like, we're not going to admit that guy, right? I mean, he's not going <laughs> to. We're not. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, he threw all so many of our Christian followers and brothers and sisters in the dungeon. He he destroyed some of them. Died in the dungeon because of that guy. I don't care if he's a Christian. First of all, we don't believe that he's a real Christian. He's probably, you know. You know, there's all big drama here. He's trying to come and get us. Or he, he's got, we don't trust this guy. And God had to put it in the hearts of the apostles and put it in the hearts of, you know, those that reached out to Saul, who had become Paul. Our work is not vengeance. Our role and 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 our part is not vengeance. Our part is just one thing, redemption. That is why the gospel was given to us. The gospel was not given to angels to go preach. <laughs> it was given to you and me because our work is redemption. Be saved. Change. Mm. Um, repent. Jesus loves you. Um, you were so nasty to me. You are horrible to me, but I am going to pray for your salvation. And it's going to be probably the hardest thing that I've ever done because there's a part, the human part of me that thinks you don't even deserve salvation. You don't deserve heaven. You hurt me. You destroyed my life. You abused me, you know, or like you said about the Jews, you caused the Holocaust. I'm not going to pray for your redemption. I hope you you never make it. No, that's not our part. If I know Jesus even a little bit, if I am even halfway a child of God, I need to seek the redemption of every sinner, how, however bad the person is, however horrible and horrifying. And so the apostles were challenged to accept this terrorist Saul, whom they feared. And he had to, you know, no, I'm, I am changed. I really am. And they had to offer that hand of fellowship. God will stoop to redeem the worst of us. I have no right to call myself his child if I will not bend low to redeem the worst of mankind. I have no right to call myself his child. I'm lying. I'm pretending. I can lift my hands and worship God in church. But if I am not wanting and desiring the redemption of the worst person that has hurt me, I cannot claim to be a Christian. And that is a hard saying to tell mm. our precious viewers, if you refuse to forgive, 
you cannot claim to be a Christian because Christian means follower of Christ. Well, Christ forgave. How am I following him by not? Yeah, one of the powerful examples of forgiveness that, that I talk about any opportunity I get the opportunity to talk about this is, and it's one that we don't really, it's not plain in scripture, um, but through inference you can you can see it. And it's uh, the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Um, though the Bible says they were devout Jews from yeah. all over the world. Yeah. And that was a feast that they were attending, which uh, yeah. became the day of Pentecost, uh, which we remember. Well, those same Jews would have been their Passover weekend, which was another feast, and that was when Jesus was crucified. Yeah. And without a doubt, there would have been at least one or two that were there on the day of Pentecost that were filled with the Holy Spirit that were also in that crowd uh, when they were given the opportunity whether to crucify Jesus or not. And they shouted out, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. And yet it was that same group of people, that same crowd, that same location, Jerusalem, where he chose to pour out his spirit. And that was the beginning of the church. And from the very beginning, you know, of the church, yes, throughout his life, he sought to redeem. And you've highlighted that powerfully. But even at the beginning of the church, it's a story of redemption. It's a story of these people that wanted him to be crucified. I wanted him to be gone. That's why Peter kept saying, he came for you and you you got rid of him. You didn't want him. He was your Messiah. And that's what led them to say, what can we do? How can we fix this? And that's when the Spirit was poured out on those people. They were the first of the church to be baptized and born again. What a, I tell you, that that should be a short, but just by itself, what you just said. That should, I'm serious. What you just said, was a powerful and truthful depiction or example of God's forgiveness. The very ones that cried out for his crucifixion, he poured into them his grace through the through his spirit. He, he gave them his Holy Ghost. He didn't say, well, I'm going to give every Phoenician, Arab, and uh, Gentiles my spirit, but you Jews, mm-mm. I will never forget that you're the ones who handed me over to Pilate. You handed me over to Pilate and you rejoiced at my death. Well, I'm telling you what, you're going to be punished. No. He poured into them on the day of Pentecost. Freely gave them of the redemptive power of the Holy Spirit. Huh. Oh, wow. There, there it is. Powerful. Forgiveness in all of its mm. glory. How powerful forgiveness is. When a Jew can look into the eyes of a Holocaust soldier, uh, well, a, a soldier in, say, the Auschwitz camp. You know, we've seen documentaries of that where Jews have, very old Jews, have forgiven mm. um, people that were involved in their incarceration in Auschwitz. Totally forgiven them. Jews that were in Auschwitz at that time, years and years ago in the 1940s, that had forgiven the soldier that threw entire families into the gas chamber, into the, into a flaming fire, starved them. And if, if, if somebody cannot, you look at all of those awful things that have happened in history and how people have forgiven their enemies. And then you look at those of us who, 
we claim to be Christians. And if somebody offends you with, with a word, with an attitude, with, with, you know, they've quarreled with you or whatever, and you don't even want to forgive something like that. When we're talking about very big issues that's happened in the world. See, like I said in the, in the reel before, when I forgive, when I forgive, I literally place the issue in God's hands. When I place the issue in God's hands, that's, that's part of forgiveness. I release myself from the burden of someone else's trespass against me. The moment I release it to God's justice, the moment I release it to God's hands, I release myself from that burden of someone else's trespass because I'm thinking God's going to take care of it. No, I'm not praying that God's going to punish them, but God's going to take care of it in the most beautiful way. You know why? I trust him. You know why? Because he's a redemptive God. He's, you know, we, you may call him a punishing God, a, a, an unmerciful, a hard God. No, he's not unmerciful. He's very merciful. Can he punish? Yes, but he's a redemptive God. He's dealt with all of mankind from Genesis to Revelation till now. He has dealt with all of mankind through redemption in a redemptive way. The battle belongs to the Lord. Not to you or me. That's what, when, when I say vengeance is his, what I'm really saying is the battle is his. The battle belongs to him, not us. That's why the Apostle Paul, in one particular scripture, he says, you know, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. He cares for me. He cares about what happens to you. Cast it on him. Why are you carrying unforgiveness? There's so much on, on, on unforgiveness. I, I, I'm pretty sure we're over the time and, um, <laughs> and all of that, but there's so much I would like to talk about. And I just want to say this blurb for mm -hmm. uh, the next session. I want to talk about the practical aspects of releasing the debt. The practical aspects of, you know, if a viewer might say, okay, okay, I get it. I'm not going to pray for somebody's punishment. I'm not going to tell God to get him. Uh, I'm willing to even forgive. But how do I practically release that, release that burden, that heaviness that I carry around that's causing me all that anxiety and hurt and pain and depression and sleepless nights? Because I remember getting not only private messages, but even comments on the, uh, on the short on how do I, how do I let it go? You, you, you notice you, you've read that. How mm. do I let this go? How do I move forward? So I want to talk to you, um, talk to, uh, at, 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 you know, in Hacker Podcast about releasing debt, releasing spiritual debt, releasing, you know, whatever debt that, uh, that I believe that they owe me because of the hurt. And I want to talk, in releasing the debt, we want to talk about several things. One is, I want to talk about confronting the victim mentality. It is the victim mentality that keeps me wanting to continue to be the victim, and that keeps me in this lie that uh, the, only, the only way to, to, be, to remain a victim is to not forgive. If I continue not to forgive, I continue to blame, I continue to carry the hurt and the pain and the bitterness, that is how to remain a victim. So I need to confront the victim mentality and uh, to overcome it, not just confront it and overcome it. I also want to talk about what forgiveness doesn't look like. How do you know you've really forgiven? There is a checklist. We'll go through a checklist of how do you know you've really forgiven? 
And how do we know what does forgiveness look like and what does forgiveness not look like? And so I'd like to go through all of that uh, in our next, um, in the next podcast, Greg. Awesome. Well, we're definitely looking forward to it. And uh, it was a, a great conversation today. I know you would have helped a lot of people uh, with what we discussed today. It, it's just so powerful. And the way you expounded on the story of Saul, Paul, from a different perspective than most of us look at it, was just so good. So really looking forward to uh, the second part of this conversation about the poison of unforgiveness. Did you have anything else you wanted to leave us with here today Um, as we wrap up part one? I know that um, Hacker Podcast does put um, a little blurb on Pathways. Um, pathway, pathwayusa.info is our website. You can go there. Uh, there, there are, there are things that you can download. And if you need to reach me to talk more about your personal issues, you could go to the counseling page on pathwayusa.info to reach me. Um, several, many, many have done that through that. But what I would really, really also like to end this with is that Hacker has been, Hacker Podcast has been a blessing to me. It's been a blessing to family members. I, there are relatives of mine that living in a different country that are not believers. They're not Christians, but they're relatives of mine that have, that, that the podcast has, has appeared in their social media. Don't ask me the, the, how it's, but God has just put that in their Facebook page. It, it will come or, um, and uh, they've watched it. One lady who's who's a relative of mine, she is not a believer. She saw it on TikTok and, and she po- reposted it on other uh, social media platforms. And she's saying, I've never heard anything like this and wants to know more about God. And Hacker Podcast is a huge, huge blessing uh, to me and to, well, literally, I guess, millions of people. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you so much for that. And, um, you know, it's a blessing to have these conversations with you and and uh, share your wisdom with the rest of the world through this medium. But uh, so uh, that's it for us here today. We'll look forward to seeing you all next time on the Hacker Podcast for part two of this conversation about the poison of unforgiveness. Mm-hmm.